You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Hello and welcome to the Claret and Blue podcast. My name is Dan Rowenson. I'm joined by Matt Kendrick. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm all right. Nice cup of tea. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Um, we're here today to talk about two years of Dean Smith as Aston Villa manager. The date is the 10th of October 2020 when this goes out, not today. Um, of course, he was appointed on the 10th of October 2018 after Steve Bruce was sacked as manager. Flown by, hasn't it, for, for starters? It has really, considering it's two years, although he does seem to have been there for ten years. I was say, so it it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a strange one. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody knows the context in which he arrived, but we might as well revisit it for the, for the purposes of documenting it for, uh, yeah. for all time. The club was... I mean, you if know, we were doing the podcast back then and we were talking about a cabbage coming onto the pitch, people would be thinking that's our usual dose of nonsense, isn't it? But that was a real thing that happened. Yeah, it was. And, was as, and as ridiculous as it was, uh, it kind of almost became a symbol of, of a club that was kind of, you know, fan base was, was disillusioned. Uh, mm. A manager had, had lost his way. Um, yeah, I mean, I just re- I remember remember that night against Preston. What what a crazy night that was! The one yeah. that, that that did for Steve Bruce in the end. Uh, I don't think the Holt end and the rest of Villa Park know, know whether to cheer equalisers or to. Do you know what I mean? Or it was one of those, wasn't it? Because I think people thought people were Villa Park was ready for change then. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in the. Um, I've told this story before, so forgive me for for repetition. But I remember sitting in the posh seats. I'd had um, an invite from. Um, 32 red. I got a phone call um, and it was our photographer Tim Heast up and he said, You were the Billabat? I said, Yeah, yeah, why? He said, oh, Someone's just wanging a cabbage at Steve Bruce. Wanging like, is a great word. You what? He said, No, no, someone's just. Tim, I'm, I'm, I'm having the posh food here, mate. Can you. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Can you ring me back when you've got something serious to say? <laughs> kind of conjured up the, the pun grocery misconduct and, yeah, and the rest is history really but I think obviously this is the Dean Smith anniversary podcast yeah. so let's get to that I think listen, there's the usual to and fro wasn't there you know Thierry Henry his yeah. name is in the frame um, Ruby yeah. Farah um, was Brendan Rodgers linked at one point as well Brendan Rodgers was linked he was still at Celtic at yeah. the time um, and I remember I sound like a proper gloat in here. The ones that I get wrong, probably deleted or archived. <laughs> yeah, the, ones that, the ones that I get right, I'm happy to go and put front and centre. Yeah. So I was on Twitter the other night and gloating about this piece that I wrote a couple of days before Smith got the job saying, you know, Villa, it'd be worth looking at this guy, you know, he ticks all the boxes. Dean Smith, no one's heard of. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, as if I plucked him out of nowhere. Um, and yeah, it, it happened and... It's easy to say now with hindsight, isn't it? And we probably wouldn't have been quite so bold saying this two or three months ago when Villa were on the brink. Mm. Um, but it was the right fit then. He was a, an appointment who has got the... Um, well, we'll return to this in a bit, but he's got the kind of personality uh, and the... I don't know, the, the statesman-like qualities, I think, to, yeah. to lead Aston Villa. And he was, the, as it transpires, with the benefit of a, a big dollop of hindsight... It was the right right bloke to, to unite Aston Villa again. Yeah. I remember they announced it quite late as well. The club, I think it was like 10 o'clock. <clears throat> I don't know whether they were like wary of leaks or something, but it just came out of the blue one night. I was scrolling on Twitter and it was like, welcome Dean Smith. It's like, oh, 
Okay. It, it was actually now you now you now you um, remind me. Did, did seem a bit kind of understated compared mm. to it just happened. I <laughs> the big would... announcements that you get nowadays that have kind of dancing girls and kind of feather boas in the background. I think that was it. I think they used a gif, if I remember right. I should have found it out, but I haven't. And I'll put it on screen actually for, for after the fact for the podcast. Um, but obviously, I wasn't working with you then, so I'd assume that was a late night scramble. Put my article on screen as well when I was saying, uh, <laughs> you know, just so it's, it's there. Was that a, a, a late night scramble in in a text WhatsApp group saying I'm going for the appointment? What in terms of the appointment? You know what's mate, we've got these kind of content plans and, and, and documents. Yeah, I'm that sure are, there was a spreadsheet somewhere yeah, for there it. was definitely a spreadsheet. We probably changed the names from Steve Bruce appointed to Dean Smith appointed. Yeah, just copy uh, and paste everything. That's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember the, the first game and he kind of, you know, walked down the Trinity Road touchline with a little kind of thumbs up and applause and he mm. was quite understated, very, very Dean Smith, to yeah. be honest. You could see that he was buzzing. Uh, you could see that he was oh, kind of. I won't be able to keep the smile off my face. No, nah, well, I think I, I don't think he could. You know, I think he, you know, there was a little kind of satisfied kind of, um, you know, basking in the moment, um, but still, like I say, in a very Dino kind of way. Um, but it was quite an emotional day, I think. Cause if I remember rightly, it was the day that kind of Villa Park paid, paid tribute to Doug because um, Doug had passed away. Um, so it was um, just needed that win. He just needed mm-hmm. it, and he. You know, it wasn't the most convincing of performances, but it was it was enough to win the game. And then it kind of, like you say, we thought it was going to snowball, didn't quite. It was a bit a bit stop start. But he's one of these guys, isn't he, um, who somehow manages to stay on a level. Yeah. You know, you, you remember when? Um, do you remember when Tim Sherwood beat Albion twice in a week and was yes. giving it the old veins? in the neck um, oh. you know and you've seen Mourinho in the past kind of sprinting down the touchline doing knee slides and yeah. stuff like this and he doesn't do that does he no. do you know what I mean Villa beat Liverpool obviously I don't know if you've noticed Villa beat Liverpool um, 7-2 at the weekend and he must have been absolutely floating oh, he must mate. have been floating on air but again it was still almost the same Dean Smith as if, if you had lost to Stoke yeah. 1-0 um, in the cup or whatever and I think that's a real kind of a real skill to have when you're in such a pressure cooker environment um, and I think we will touch on the fact that he's a Villa fan we'll t- touch on the fact that he's probably an underrated tactician but one of the things that I admire about him more than anything else is that he's such like I say he's such a grown up mature people person and statesman like figure mm. and every man figure that you kind of yeah, well, we've definitely touched on this, but the good guy, you know, good guys don't win, and he's kind of ripping that up and saying, "Yeah, well, actually, give good guys patience, <laughs> yeah, and they can win." Yeah, this is one for the the YouTube audience more so than the listeners, but I've got the access to our picture library, and there isn't millions of photos in there, but pretty much every photo of Dean Smith from that Liverpool game, you wouldn't even know if we'd have won the game. He doesn't look happy. There isn't many celebration shots. You know, you'd think there'd be big fist bumps and big celebrations with the rest of the, the coaching staff, but there's a couple of him with, a, with his foot on the ball, kind of just looking around like you know, stern faced. I think I said somebody like you wouldn't you couldn't you wouldn't know if we'd have lost seven two from the pictures of Dean Smith. Yeah, I think all the smiling celebration ones are behind a pie wall. I think that's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. Probably is. Um, but he said a few times about you know don't get too high with the highs, don't get too low with the lows, and it's it's a cliche, but it's it makes sense, doesn't it? If you have a little bit of a bad run, it isn't the end of the world because you could win three in a row and things yeah. look, look rosy. But likewise, I'm sure sitting 
uh, second in the table now, nine points from nine. He's not thinking, right, Champions League, here we come. Yeah. He's going to be very level-headed still. I'd love to be a fly on the wall um, in the dressing room at the changing at the training ground and at, um, at Villa Park because he seems, you know, this is not me kind of banging on a criticism about O'Neill again. We've done that in previous podcasts. But did, did about an hour on that. He seems to be able to kind of keep the whole squad happy yeah. to a point. Yeah. Um, now, I know that's probably a little bit easier than, than the situation O'Neill had because Smith, a lot of Smith's fringe players are players who have come from different leagues or are stepping up to the Premier League for the first time. So probably more inclined to bide the time than big money signings that O'Neill would have left on the bench. Mm. But he's utilised that squad when he's needed to. Uh, you know, you could probably argue like the Stoke game that the fringe players <laughs> can't be that happy because they didn't, <laughs> didn't really turn up. But... Yeah. I think that, that is, that's, again, his kind of quality. I think he's kind of... I think he's just honest, but compassionate at the same time. Uh, sounds like we're writing his, um, his Tinder profile here, don't we? <laughs> oh, he's a bit true. He's not passed away. He was a lovely man. Go back to that, that promotion season again. Did you ever feel like we'd, we'd go on to do it until it happened? Because I know that you're very pessimistic anyway and probably didn't believe it until we were at Wembley with the trophy in our hands. But did you ever think in... Christmas time, oh yeah, what's lower a decent season here? To me, I thought it was always going to be a, I don't know, judge him after 20 months. Yeah, steady us out for the rest of the season, be don't honest. be as bad, and then we'll go yeah. again next year. I thought it was, um, Villa are a strange, he inherited a strange squad, mm. I thought. You know, he kind of got a lot of experienced kind of journeyman players, a um, couple, of, couple of expensive loanees. Um, a very good squad though oh yeah I think it was a capable, a capable squad as, as was proved but um, I didn't think they'd deliver promotion straight away and no. you're right that, that, that when, he, when he came in Villa weren't a million miles away from um, from the playoff position well from the in terms of points yeah, yeah. need to be in the, in, in the playoffs but I just thought you know don't expect him to work miracles and every step of the way of that um that charge through the through the playoffs every step of the way I thought well these things don't happen to Aston Villa yeah so you know and it was like um, it, it, God it sounds such, so cliche but it, it was proper Hollywood for the way the way it worked you yeah. know with Jack Grealish being punched around the head and do you know what I mean all the setbacks and all the adversity um, and God it sounds so so sick, so sick, sickly when I say it out loud but it was just all the sweeter, wasn't it? Because it was, it, yeah. it was, it was Smith and Grealish, and the, the narrative of these kind of oh, one of our so own, well written, wasn't it? But it was, yeah, it was just, it was ridiculous. It was a ridiculous yeah. script, you know. You could have taken that to any kind of Hollywood producer, and they'd have, they'd have laughed you out of town because it yeah, was just so. Uh, don't be so cheesy. So far fetched. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about cheesy. We've got a photo of him on the t- on the table here to, to set the scene. Got a picture of you beside <laughs> me. Got your lipstick mask. Sorry. <laughs> Talking about when he when he first arrived, the the interesting thing that I um that I found about his first press conference was um, the way he dealt with the John Terry situation. Yeah, I was ask you about because that. you know, regardless of of the the positive spin that anybody at Aston Villa will put on it, Christian Perslow brought in John Terry. Dean Smith didn't bring in John Terry. Yeah, Dean, Dean Smith was comfortable with John Terry coming in. Um, and you know, has got a kind of pre-existing relationship with John Terry through through te- knowing knowing Terry's brother. Um, but 
there was all, my, my big fear was is Terry going to seize the limelight? Is he going to be, you know, the, you know, you've seen it when Villa play, play Chelsea. I mean, it's kind of John Terry's Aston Villa versus yeah, yeah. Frank Lampard's. Um, no, that would Yeah, exactly. But it just kind of, um, well, Villa made a shrewd decision, first of all. They were going to have them both on the same platform in the press room at Villa Park on mm. the unveiling. But they didn't. They did Smith separately and then did break-off interviews with, with John Terry. But Smith just said something. He just said this one line. He was asked about John Terry. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, he's, he's just arrived. He's like an excitable schoolboy. He's turned up with his pencil case <laughs> and he's ready to learn. And I just thought, wow, that's a very cute way of saying, I'm the boss here. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, it wasn't. I don't think it, it didn't come across as patronising, and it wasn't meant to be patronising. But it was. A, do you know what I mean? It yeah, was, to me, it was a clear line. Yeah, a little bit yeah, underhanded. John Terry. Yeah, John Terry's a member of my staff. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to what he can bring to to my team. Yeah. Uh, and from then, I kind of thought, well, for all this nice guy stuff, and for all the fact that he can be a, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, very diplomatic, I suppose. The fact that he can be a diplomat, it's no pushover. Hmm. Smith, I think there's a kind of uh, a real hard man yeah. beneath that kind of gentle, gentle exterior. I think he backs himself, he surrounds himself with people who he trusts. Um, and yeah, I think, I think that, that, that moment then I thought, well, you know, because there were, there, were, there were questions when he came in, oh, he's only managed Warsaw, he's only managed, you know, Brentford, um, with the exception of probably Sheffield Wednesday, he's not really played for a big, mm-hmm. a big football club. Is this job too big for him? Um, and then I just I sat in a room with him for the, for the first time and I thought, no, it's not too big for him. He actually gets it. Yeah. And he doesn't just get it because he's an Aston Villa fan. He gets it because he's, he's a, used every single experience in his life and in his job so far to shape him. Yeah. And he's understood that whether you're managing Aston Villa or whether you're managing Warsaw youth team, it's about kind of getting the best out of people. It's about kind of, you know, being aware of the people around you, knowing what makes them tick, taking time to know what makes them tick and, and going from there. And I think it was, I think since then, and there's been some wobbles along the way, since then you've thought, yeah, I think we're in, we're in pretty safe hands. Everything's done in the right way. And if, if it, like I said, if, if it doesn't succeed, that's just, that's just life. That's not because of the, the bloke in charge. He's not a, a super shrewd man. God, we, you know, I hope we get commission for this. We're saying, we're saying lots of nice things. <laughs> he seems to give that vibe off, though, that he's, um, he's you know, very welcoming to everybody and that kind of thing. But I imagine there is that ruthless streak in there. He could really rip into the players in the dressing room at times if he needs to. There was that Stoke game, wasn't there, in that, in that before that 10-game winning run that people always talk about that apparently absolutely crucified them at half-time and came out in that second half and they were better. I wonder what that is like. For, uh, when you're in that camp because obviously we don't see Dean Smith every day like the players do would that and again they'd have been with him for three or four months by that point but I wonder whether that kind of treatment was a shock to the players and I suppose that's more impactful if oh my god he's he's lost his head a little bit yeah. from my understanding he's, you know as much as he's patting people's backs and shaking the hands and stuff like that I've, I, I've heard that he kind of does maintain a little bit of distance okay. um, I think, you know, we won't hark on about Terry too much, but I think he's used Terry to kind of... Because Terry's come from being in that dressing room, albeit there's been a massive turnover player since then. I think he's, he's actually tried to toughen Terry up by saying, right, you can go and pull so-and-so in mm. and bring him into me 
so I can tell them they're going to be dropped. Almost <laughs> like to, to show Terry that you've got to now you're on the coaching staff. You've got to kind of got to maintain that distance. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, I'm probably wandering off topic a bit, but it won't be a surprise to, to the listeners. There's two these two occasions that have kind of really struck me about Dean Smith, the bloke outside of a football environment. Um, there's a clip doing the rounds sometime in the last year or so uh, where he went and gave some kind of management speech at a local university. Yeah. And he just commanded the entire room. Do you know what I mean? And there's, there's this kind of, you know, this, this brummy football bloke um, yeah. from Great Bar kind of in this um, academic environment. And he's just kind of, everybody's hanging on his every word and he's strolling around the, the space uh, very, very measured, very confident. Um, that was the one. And the other one was, I think it was a Christmas visit to Acorns. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to be invited to those in the past. Um, players are normally brilliant, going and mingling with the, the kids and the families and stuff like that. But Smith kind of gathered everybody together. I think Villa played it on their, on their social channels. And he gives this really, really lovely heartfelt speech and it's not a speech that's written in advance but it's yeah. kind of you know whereas I'm not criticising other managers but they'd have probably had a quick handshake and then jumped in the car yeah. uh, he just again he's an ambassador he's an ambassador for Aston Villa uh, and, he, and he came across really well and like I say I think I think those qualities to me, anyway. I mean, people might think, well, Matt, we don't really care. I was going to say, we're 20 minutes old in and we've barely talked about him as a football manager, yeah. but I think the big, almost appeal of Dean Smith is what he's like as a man. I think that's what, yeah. I think that's what helps him be so successful. And he's not, I don't mean successful in terms of he's won trophies everywhere, but in terms of being a good manager, you have to be a good person as well. That's a big part of it. A lot of it is PR and style, style over substance now, isn't it, with the way that the modern football and the modern world's, world's consumed but it does help if you're likeable mm. you know, even his name Dean Smith <laughs> do you know what I mean he's, he's such a such a kind of Mr Smith he's such generic. a kind of every man you know? do you know what I mean which is brilliant that's, that's the appeal isn't it I've, I've noticed people on Twitter calling him Don Smith these days like the godfather <laughs> I, I love that I just want to go back to my earlier point about him being kind of nasty and dressing I feel like I, I didn't make my point properly well, you made it I just ignored it because I didn't no, know what to say about no, it no, I, don't no, know how, I don't know whether he is nasty no that's what I mean that's what, I'm, that's what I wanted to clarify I don't really know whether that's true or not that's just the perception I would get that you know like when you've got your mate who's always nice and very unassuming and all of a sudden he snaps back and you think oh Christ like, you're not normally like that I imagine that's a bit what he's like I imagine it a bit more like um, but look bit more like my dad when he's when he's frustrated like my dad's a really you wouldn't believe it I must take after my mom but <laughs> he's probably listening now dad so I hope I'm not giving too much away but he's kind of he's a really kind of compassionate caring serious man he's a church warden my dad he's, he's quite religious and the thing is with dad <laughs> what is this a dad, dad podcast or a Dean Smith podcast you get, you, you get the vibe yeah. if you upset him it's kind of I'm not angry I'm just disappointed yeah. and I get that with <laughs> Yeah. I get that with Dean Smith as well. You'd kind of get the, well, you've been playing for me long enough. You know the rules. You know what I expect. You know, go away and have a long, hard look at yourself <laughs> and see, think what you've done. Yeah, like I if might, someone gets sent off, he's not. He doesn't come in angry yeah. in, in the dressing room. He just ignores them and says, "You know what you've done." That's it. You yeah. let us down. <laughs> <laughs> just a kind of very kind of gentle tut. Yeah, <laughs> just rolls his eyes. <laughs> um, I've got a couple of quotes lined up on the laptop, and my laptop's battery's dying. So I don't want to get them in before before that happens. Um, going back to that playoff win, obviously it's a, a big talking point. I feel like we've had a whole season in the Premier League to talk about, but I just want to go back to it. He said after the playoff win, the potential for the football 
Football Club is massive. I've been asked how it feels right now, and I think it feels right. It feels right that Aston Villa are in the Premier League. I think the history of the football. I think the history of the football. I don't know if that makes sense. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I've copied and pasted that off the Villa website. And I don't think it makes sense. I think the history of the football, the size of the football club, the fan base it has, I believe is a Premier League club. It's not me speaking with a supporter's head on. It's just history that tells you that. Tim Sherwood, perfect example. Yeah. When you keep giving juicy sound bites, you start thinking, oh, it's just another Tim Sherwood. Yeah. Like, he said things like that before. When someone who's very measured and calm says something as big as, uh, being in the Premier League feels right and it's just normal and it's acceptable. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, you're right, Dean. Like, it makes you, makes you feel a little bit taller because he, he's not usually like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he wastes words, to be honest. He's not, he's not a manager who will just kind of, you know, give you half a sentence. Mm. Uh, and, you know, he's quotable, but he's not going. He's not going to give you sound bites for the sake of it. He realises he's got a duty to, to communicate to the, the fans, but he'll tell you things that, you know, he's quite honest, isn't he? There's a, there was a, well, one of the subjects of his quotes. There was, um, remember at St Andrews after the Jack Grealish thing, and uh, bear in mind, Dean Smith is still within the bowels of St Andrews at that time, and has still got to get home. <laughs> he's come out and he's been so blunt and brutal about the idiot who's punched Jack but not only that the kind of you know the five or ten thousand who actually kind of applauded yeah. him applauded this this nutter and I thought oh my god dude you know, you know you've, got to, you've, got to, you've got to get back in your car or back, <laughs> he knows he's got a police escort back, well, yeah, it's, a, it's a good job but he was it was heartfelt mm. it, it annoyed him it frustrated yeah. him and it wasn't because it was Villa versus Blues if that had happened away at Swansea or whatever he'd have, he'd have spoken as strongly but I just thought yeah when he's got something to say he'll say it mm. uh, and if he hasn't he'll keep it to himself Yeah, which is quite you know as, as a press man it's annoying because you want him to have something to say all the time you know you want him to be a kind of Tim Sherwood gob or whatever um, but can we say that? yeah I just did um, but, that's why he doesn't come on the podcast okay. that's why he didn't want to come on the podcast well had his chance yeah, this morning when I was going through a little bit of research this, I was thinking, has he had a new deal in his time at Villa? Because I was thinking, oh, well, you know, it might, might be time to earn him a new one this summer after keeping us up. He had a, a new four-year deal in November 2019 where he said, I'm really happy to have come in my long-term future to the club. I'm looking forward to all the challenges that come with re-establishing Villa as a top Premier League side. Um, very kind of, in that manner, cliched, usual things yeah. you expect a manager to say, but the, the part about him being the long-term, uh, long-term future... Yeah, football is a funny game, isn't it? Things happen. You've heard managers say that they have a few bad results and they're gone. He could have been gone after this um, in in, in um, Project Restart, for example. But when you hear Smith say stuff like that and the way Villa have treated him, you think that they believe that, that they want him here long term. This isn't just a uh, two or three years, we'll see what happens and then we'll look to shift him on and get someone else in. You believe that Villa will want him around the place for five or ten years. There's a sense that Villa will be becoming a bit of a kind of disposable football club, that they kind of have a trolley dash. I know they've still done that to a degree, but <laughs> have a trolley dash each summer um, and just think, OK, let's see let's see if we can have some success in the next 12 months and if we don't we'll deal with that down down the line you know it's like putting stuff on credit isn't it you know we'll, <laughs> we'll pay pay the price of that later yeah. uh, I think with Dean Smith it was a thought that you know no matter how how rich your owners are you can't go on like that forever you've got to try and find find a football club that can be self-financing to a degree uh, being the Premier League obviously helps that because yeah. you, you're making so much more revenue that you can can go and reinvest but I think you know Smith 
is a regular attendee at the under 23 games and you know some of the, some of the younger age group games as well I think he does care you know it's hard for a manager a football manager to, to care too much for um, a long term future of a football club because you know it's it's a probably it's a job that's got a shorter shelf life than I don't know a reality TV star or whatever isn't it being, being a football club manager but I think he cares because even he will know that at some stage his time at Villa will come to an end mm. but he still wants to leave the club in a better place than he, he found it um, well yeah well, he, you know. <laughs> well he will do and he will do it you know it sounds a bit sentimental but he will do it for the fact that even in his two years he's given us some absolutely yeah. outstanding memories um, what do you think the, the ceiling is for Smith because obviously it's easier to buy into a long term project when you support the club and we've mentioned it in passing a couple of times but it, it, to me that isn't that isn't really a point that he's a Villa fan. I don't think yeah. it's even worth the airtime, really, because it, sh- it shouldn't matter. But in terms of rip up those notes, <laughs> but in, in terms of being able to visualise a long term future, if he's got no association to Brentford, for example, is he really that bothered about being at Brentford for fifteen years? For Villa, he would think, yeah, I'd love to be here for fifteen years. I want to set my family up here at home, my club. I want to be here for as long as I can. Is that easier to buy into if you are a fan of the club? He's an ambitious bloke who wanted to show that he could prove it in the Premier League. You know, all the accusations that came around last year is, oh, Premier League's too big for him. He's never managed in the Premier League. He has managed in the Premier League now. I mean, yeah. He's managed in the Premier League and, you know, okay, he stayed up by the um, size of a, of a gnat's leg or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I've, I've edited that in my mind, <laughs> so it's nothing rude. But he's a Premier League manager now, so yeah. I think he wants to show that he can be a manager that can take a Premier League club into Europe. I think he'd like to be a manager that could take a Premier League club into the Champions League. I don't know what you're about to say then. What are you going to say to win the title, win titles? I'm sure he'd, he'd want to do that. Now, whether that would be... It's, it's an interesting one about his ceiling because... Do we think that Dean Smith is capable of managing a team that could be in the Champions League, compete in the Champions League and could challenge for titles? To me, that's a different question than do we think Dean Smith could get Aston Villa into the Champions League mm. and challenging for titles? Yeah. You know, I think if he is going to manage at the top, 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 top level, I think it will have to be with Aston Villa because I don't know, this sounds really horrible, maybe it's because he is called... Dean Smith rather than Dino Dino Smithonio or whatever but what would he have to achieve at Villa to make I don't know Liverpool and Man United Bayern Munich a Dortmund or whatever what would he have to achieve at Aston Villa to make them take notice of him and if he's achieved that at Aston Villa he's going to stay at Aston Villa and take the next step with Aston Villa isn't he yeah that's a nice thought isn't it when you think about it if that ever does happen but it is you know I can't see him getting on the radar of those big clubs without probably getting Villa into yeah. the Champions League anyway and, and he might as well think well I'm here now yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like the Jack Greasing isn't it obviously it's different for a player and a manager to show what they're capable of but if, if Villa got into to Europe with Jack Greasing you would think well what's the point going to I don't know whoever, yeah. whoever's in the, in the in, in Europe I'll stay with Villa and do it with them instead yeah. so that's, a, that's the, the upside of having the fan thing that if you do get some su- success with your club he, I don't even think he'd be bothered about Join someone else, Dean Smith. I'm talking about. Yeah. If they say, let's say he gets top four with Villa at some point, and and Tottenham also do, and they say oh, we want to get Dean Smith into Tottenham, 
Would he really be that bothered about them rather than leaving the Champions League Aston Villa to go to Champions League Tottenham? He'd obviously stay with us, wouldn't he? Well, the thing is, you know, he's probably... We're getting way into hypotheticals here. He's probably rich beyond his wildest dreams now in terms of now he's a Premier League manager on a a Premier League salary. This is every man thinking, you know, how many kind of diamond-encrusted collars can he buy his dog? Do you know what I mean? Um... It's so, funny that you said dog then, because I thought you were going to say something about cars or whatever. In my head, I was thinking, he's this guy that he's mentioned a few times, like walking his dog. Yeah. It's normal, blokey yeah. activity thing. So it's interesting that that's the way you went with that as well. But um, I don't know. My, my, my big concern, and I'm the typical party pooper after we've <laughs> spanked the, the, the league champions 7-2 and it's been an absolute feast of joy. Villa riding high. <laughs> now you're a thief of joy. Villa riding high, you know, in the kind of kazoo title race yeah. um, with Villa and Everton. <laughs> but I just don't, you know, I don't think Villa will finish second in the league. I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah. <laughs> don't think they'll finish first either. But I just hope that if Villa do finish, let's hope they stay up, but let's hope they do finish 14th or 15th. And next season, it's another two or three places. I just I don't want people to grow impatient with him. Yeah, I think people that's to, important. People that, that includes me and us and the press and the fans. I'm not saying that you indulge him. If there's no signs of progress, if Villa stand still or go backwards, then his one of us status shouldn't make him immune from being yeah. under the same scrutiny as everybody else. But it's just what do we see? Do we, we like we like the concept of long term future. It sounds great. Oh yeah, we want stability. We want somebody to build a dynasty like Wenger or um, or Alex Ferguson. Um, but that, those things don't. You know, it doesn't happen without setbacks or mm. without kind of bumps in the road or whatever. And I just think, you know, let's also those examples start with clubs that are already successful and are capable of winning something straight away. Villa yeah. probably need five years at least before they even get to that. Yeah. So you have to put up with put up with Dean Smith being fourteenth, tenth to eighth around that for five years before you even get to competing for stuff. Yeah. We need to get through that phase first, and that's the difficult part. Would the Villa, the ambitious Villa owners, look at five fourteenth place finishes and think mm, we can probably find someone better here to get to get more out of this squad? You're right. You know, if if Dean Smith was succeeding Martin O'Neill and Villa were, were still up starting yeah. in that top pack at the moment put the analogy klaxon get that get that ringing he's, got, he's had a bumper car <laughs> and he's trying to ca- take that into the Grand Prix yeah. at the moment so nice. he's only just kind of managed to get it away from the fairground yeah. and get it towards Silverstone <laughs> so you know we're on the starting grid now, yeah. but we're a long way back. We're at the back. Yeah, we're a long way back. Yeah. And we've got that big metal thing and it's got nothing attached. <laughs> <laughs> I think that analogy is what it's caused to be honest. Yeah, but I think so. Out of control. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I've got no reply to that. We, we can't really talk about Smith in two years without a nod to the owners, mm. yeah, to sure. be honest. Yeah. Because, you know, it's easy for us to dig out Tony Jarre in it. Now he's, now he's kind of departed off into the, off into the sunset. But... Tony Jarre would have probably sacked Dean Smith five times last season. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> Put himself in charge. I wonder no. how close they were, whether it ever did cross their mind. Because he was under pressure at one point. It, it, was, it wouldn't have been, as much as I like him, it wouldn't have been that much of a shock if they did pull the trigger and say, yeah. oh, we're struggling now, we might be able to get someone to get something out of the last 15 games or whatever. I'm glad they didn't. And I remember saying many times, I hope they stick with him and I, I think he's the right manager in the, in the long run. 
Um, my humble brag, saying that from, from the start, uh, that I'd stick with him even if we went down. Have you gone back in and re-edited all that in, have you? No, I've got a clip somewhere. I don't know if I can find it, if I can be bothered. But I remember saying, if we, I think even when we were still in the office, if we do go down, I'd, I'd still stick with him because he's the best guy to get us back up. Um, but I wonder whether they ever did consider pulling the, pulling the trigger. I think it was a big sliding doors moment, wasn't it? The, um, after the Leicester game and then them not playing that next game against Chelsea. Mm. I think it kind of it allowed everybody to take a, a big deep breath and think, okay, what have we got in front of us here? Well, how do we want to do this? Uh, so, you know, there's not, not a great deal of positives to come out of the, the way the world's been in the last eight months or whatever, but from Aston Villa's point of view, that, that unexpected bit of respite um, yeah, that saved us. Has, it has saved us. It's saved Dean Smith. It's kind of meant that Villa can build from a position of strength rather than taking another step back again. Um, you know, like I say, hat, hats off to... Uh, don't wear a hat anyway, but hats off to... Um, I should. Hats off to, to <laughs> Nassif. <laughs> hats off to, to Nassif and, uh, and, and Wes Edens, really. This is a massive cliche and a massive generalisation, but... Overseas owners, you think, oh, they're going to get the big... You know, when the, when the Henri speculation was raging, they're going to get a big name in mm. and they're going to want to... You know, they're going to want somebody who's called a box office yeah. and all that. A bit like when Jar bought in Di Matteo because he'd won the Champions League with, with, um, with Chelsea, um, with John Terry's squad at Chelsea. <laughs> um, but they haven't, have they? They've just kind of... What I think is, is very shrewd ownership. They've just thought... Shall we employ some people who know what they're doing? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Shall, yeah. we, shall we do that? Shall we have a look at it and not interfere and trust the people around us? Uh, so they can make big decisions when they need to. You know, Suso was the one who paid the price. And yeah. I think that was an interesting thing with Smith as well. Smith could have, and Tim Sherwood would have. Um, <laughs> I think he did. Thrown Suso under the bus yeah. massively, but Smith was very respectful. You know, saying, listen, we signed these players together. You know, I always had a good working relationship with Sue. So whether that had been the same if Smith had got the boot yeah. <laughs> as well, we don't know. I think it probably still would have been. I don't think he'd have been airing his dirty linen in public, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I think the owners the owners have, have trusted Smith, uh, even at times when big chunks of the fan base probably were losing their nerve. And I think at the moment, we say this in... Mid October 2020, during an international break when Villa just spanked Liverpool seven <laughs> two, but at the moment he's re- repaying their trust, yeah, and then some. I'd say, and again, without really looking too much into the other owners in the Premier League, I'd say Villa's owners have set the example for being the perfect owner so far. They've backed financially. They've employed one manager and stuck with him through thick and thin. I've signed a lot of players. They've, like you said, not interfered, stayed out of the limelight, not been massively over-egging things in the press like our previous owner. Pretty much sets the, the, the template for how a football club should be run. Yeah, this always scares me, you know, when we say we, we get this kind of secure and, uh, and trustworthy. Yeah. I just think, just okay, to pull the rug. okay, make sure that you keep those clips and then delete them. Um, <laughs> well, I said to Ash after transfer deadline day that you know, I wasn't that bothered about us not doing any panic signings on the last day and not being involved in the, the hype of it all because that, to me, shows a well-organised football club and that we've made the right decisions before the, the manic last day. And it feels like for the first time since the early learner era, 
that we're now being run like a proper football club. It's like early learning centre. <laughs> it feels like it's been like that sometimes with the stupid decisions. Um, We've got some proper building blocks now rather than those ABC ones. Yeah, solid foundations to keep it going. Um, but yeah, we're, we're Aston Villa is a big club and we're being run like a big club now. And that's a, a relief to see after 10 years of misery. Yeah, definitely. It feels it's been like... a circus, hasn't it, in recent years? Yeah, it feels like it feels like these people who want Villa to win their next match, but also care about where we're going to be in a year's time, mm. where we're going to be in, in two years' time and three or four years' time. And it is like I say, I, I'm just the, the world's biggest cynic, so I don't like to kind of. I always like to fear the worst. You know, I'll probably be thinking, oh, you know, is Neil Taylor really going to be a good backup at, <laughs> at left back and? You know, it's 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 a good place to be. So perhaps it's, it, I need to just kind of I know, jump, I know what you mean. jump on board and in, and enjoy it. Really, I know what you mean because we've been we've been burnt before, haven't we? Thinking we're in a good position with a good owner spending money with with Lerner and then with even Doctor Tony as well. We spent money in that first year, and you think, yeah, here we go, fresh start, fresh optimism, and then you, you get stung. So I understand why there's some reluctance there, but I think as you say, as of, as of October, when you look back. You know, forgetting about what the future might hold so far they've been pretty much perfect yeah if, if, if you'd have said to Dean Smith on the day that he was unveiled um, at Villa Park back in October 2018 fast forward two years from now you'll have had a record a record winning one a record winning <laughs> run that catapults Villa against all the odds into the Premier League but you've got to do it at Wembley first of all you've got to beat your local rivals yeah on penalties, yeah, at the Hawthorns, do this to the crowd. Yeah, just one more game. Then you've got to you've got to win at Wembley, and then after that you're gonna to have to rebuild the high, the entire squad. Some will be hits, some will be misses. Uh, oh, by the way, you're captain. You're gonna make Jack Grealish captain, and he's gonna be punched in the face along the way. <laughs> fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. You're gonna stay up on the last day. Um, well, after, after a six month break in the season by this mystery virus that, that's <laughs> taking over the planet but that's going to be a good thing for you <laughs> for the football club it's not going to be a good thing because you're going to have personal you know you're going to have your personal situation yeah. as well but come October 2020 you're going to be second in the Premier League table having hammered the league champions 7-2 at Villa Park what do you reckon Dean? I'd want to slap you on the face. Probably be on a level. Yeah, it sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Um, I wish it was second in the season in October in a normal season and we'd played about 10 guys by now instead of only three, but that's me being very picky. Um, but the thing is, I've just mentioned, gone through the, the course of the last two years in a very flippant way, but mentioned that the fact he's had this kind of personal tragedy in mm. passing as well, which... Yeah, for anyone that don't know, his, his dad passed yeah, away due to the his, coronavirus. His dad, dad passed away um, during the summer months, but it was... Just the way he's spoken so openly about his dad's dementia mm. as well. Um, and not done it in a kind of woe is me kind of way, but done it in a, used his platform really yeah. to to kind of raise awareness of it. Um, never, you know, never used it as, as a kind of, as an excuse or anything like that. But again, it's a, a measure of the man. And, you know, let's, let's kind of remember that, that Steve Bruce, had similar circumstances where losing both his parents and you know I can't even begin to think what that, that's like for somebody yeah. to go, go through at that time but to go through that and to have the pressure of managing a football club 
of the sheer size and scale of Aston Villa with the weight of expectation mm. and pressure that that brings on brings on it. Um, yeah, you know you've got to you've got to really have, have respect for for, for 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 Bruce and Smith the way that they've, they've handled those challenges. Really, yeah, I know we're jumping all over the place here, but. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way these things go. You've got those two occasions of Smith talking about his dad, the one after the playoff final where he said that he'd gone to see him and said, next time I see you, I'll be a Premier League manager. And then he said, I think he said after the fact that he, did he go inside again? He'd been and told him, he had a smile on his face or or whatever he said, um, which was lovely. And then the moment when obviously he passed away and he came out and we had the the stewards bib in the the stand and he talked about him then as well. And it's obviously two very different different, um, times. But yeah, like you say, it's just... I don't want to like again use it as a bit of an excuse to just talk about him as a guy, but it makes him it proves he's a nice guy. It doesn't just make out that he seems like a nice guy. He yeah. says the right thing. He is a, a good bloke, and that that can take you a long way. And he's um, as much as we kind of write off the Villa thing a little bit, it makes you proud that he is part of our club. He is our manager. He's yeah. he's part of us, much like the, the Jack Grealish thing. So it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah, it's kind of like the... Without Brum- getting too soppy there. No, what it is, it's kind of like the Brummie Mafia in there, isn't it? No, he's obviously recruited Craig Shakespeare. Yeah. Um, is that another one that you've well. got right? Or... Yeah, yeah, you can dig that one out as well if you want. <laughs> oh, two successes in two years, blimey. I should start betting, aren't you? Um, Top journalism. <laughs> We've seen Smith deliver in two separate environments now. First season in the championship, massive pressure, big fish in a, a little pond, not to write off the championship, yeah. but I am. Um, a squad that's capable, <laughs> a squad that's capable and should have been promoted that season. Yeah. Tammy Abraham played up front for us in the championship. Yeah. Tara Mings, Jack Grealish, you know, it, was, it was underachieving at that point. Um, but he still had to come in and do the job. It's a bit like when you say you can only be what's in front of you. You've still got to do it. Just because you've got this squad doesn't mean it's just a, a given that you get promoted because we were on track not to do that. Massive pressure that year to, to get up. And he does that. He delivers against all the odds. Puts this miraculous miracle of a, of a ten... Miraculous miracle. <laughs> this, uh, this feat of winning 10 games in a row. That's, that's one side of Dean Smith delivering un, under pressure when you expected to win. And then last season in the Championship, a favourite to go down. I don't know whether at the start of the season, but certainly at one stage when we were in the final, final, down, final yeah, week when, of the season, when we were five, four or five points adrift, we were certainly one of the favourites to go down then, and that's a different kind of pressure entirely when you're when you're when you've been written off by everybody, when you've been written off by Villa fans as well. When we're talking on, on Facebook Live saying, "Oh, I think we're going down," I've got no words. It's not great for a live podcast for the next twenty hot twenty minutes, thirty minutes, but that's it, isn't it? I think. And then against all the odds staying up on the last day you're expected to go down and we come out and go no I'm not writing us off yet I'm, I'm staying up I think he just trusts his judgement doesn't he you know and he's like I said he, the situations and the circumstances that he, he's found in himself in at Aston Villa he's been in to a degree albeit at a lesser level but he's, he's had those kind of conversations he's had those kind of stresses and strains and he's kind of come through them and trusts his judgement and you know he's had a massive dollop of luck and it's that old cliche isn't it the you know, the harder the work, harder he works, the luckier he gets. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. he's, he's earned the luck. Um, he's earned the right to, to get that job in the first place, uh, having served his apprenticeship at Walsall and Brentford. And he's definitely earned the right to keep it now. Yeah. I'm you sure. know, what, what realistically, okay, I'll tell you the one thing that he realistically could have achieved over and above what he's done. Villa could have beat Man City in that cup final. 
But other than that, what more could people have expected of him mm. in two years? And people said, oh, yeah, but they had to do it through the, the playoffs and they had to win on penalties. And, you know, it's Jack Grealish that got Villa there, not, not Dean Smith um, and all that kind of thing. But Jack Grealish didn't get Steve Bruce there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, true. Jack Grealish didn't, didn't keep Remy Gard there. So Dean Smith has been able to put together this collection of individuals and turn them into a team and turn them into a squad and evolve them. You know, there's some difficult decisions to be made when Villa got promotion. You've got kind of the likes of Yedinak and Wheeler who have been good servants. There's no sentiment. Mm. He was kind of very kind of respectful, very, very shrewd thinking, I'm not sure that Glenn Wheeler is going to be able to get around the pitch. Yeah. Um, in the Premier well, League a more recent example of that and maybe a more harsh one is Conor Harrahan yeah. starts the season this year and again it's only a couple of games but delivered been very good and he goes and gets Ross Barkey and puts him straight in the team yeah. Conor Harrahan on the bench squad player that's pretty ruthless really but that's that's how you improve and progress yeah isn't it oh yeah I'm saying um, it's a good thing but this this will be a key won't it I mean Conor Harrahan how's Dean Smith going to manage him mm. now this season you know, so he still feels a part part of things so that he still can can be that influence when he needs to, whether it's starting games or as a substitute. So these are the things, you know, the the this is why football football managers are paid big well, probably probably not big salaries as big as the players, but they're paid big big salaries because they've got to keep they've got to keep the players happy, they've got to keep the chairman happy, they've got to keep the chief executive happy, they've got to keep Fans. The wife happy, the fans happy, you know, all all these kind of um, conflicting pressures. And this is where Dean Smith aces it for me because he would be just as comfortable, you know, having a kick around with, I don't know, his left back's two-year-old toddler as he would, you know, going and giving a, giving a speech to the, yeah. the the directors. And I think it's it's these these kind of things and these kind of skills. Um, that have got him where, where he is and long may continue. You mentioned Jack Grealish in passing there and it's you know, we've done almost an hour of recording and barely even talked about him so we'll talk about this captain-manager duo that we've got going on for our lovely uh, frame that just happens to be sitting there. I just, just came down and it was there this morning. Just something I knocked up earlier, yeah. Yeah, um, both Villa fans, captain-manager. Obviously, Dean Smith made Jack Grealish the captain of the club. First of all, that decision, I think we've talked about it a few times, but masterstroke, isn't it, when you look back now? Yeah, it is, and I think um, I think we've said, haven't we, in the past that um, I think there were some doubts within the corridors of power uh, at Bodymore and Villa Park whether it was the shrewdest thing in the world to make Jack Grealish um, the captain. We knew what a fantastic player he was long before then, but whether we whether anybody thought he really had the captain credentials uh, to lead the club, that's something that Dean Smith, when working with him every day, has spotted, um, and you know. The rest is history, isn't it? He's, he's really thrived. Um, I think it's actually managed to improve his own game yeah. as well. You know, anybody thinking the burden of responsibility would make him kind of shrink or, or, or crumble under the pressure. It's been the reverse of that. He's kind of, you know, took his own game up to another level uh, and been, you know, the, the, leader, the leader of men, um, certainly last season. It's, it's encouraging to know that he's got a little bit more creative attacking support yeah. alongside him this season um, but yeah I think I think Dean Smith has kind of just tapped into something there hasn't he he's seen a glimmer and yeah. thought I'm going to try this I'm going to try this and it's a very underrated decision that is yeah 
because it would it would have been very easy to just give it to Tara Mings as a vocal traditional leader on the pitch, centre half, can see the game, yeah. have the armband, Tara, and there you go. Jack Grealish is a, a left field shout, isn't it? As much yeah. as yeah, he's the poster boy of Aston Villa, he isn't a traditional captain in the sense yeah. of being vocal on the pitch and stuff. But like you said, he's just, and this isn't the Jack Grealish podcast, but he's taken that responsibility and said, yeah, this is my club and I've got to prove it now because I've got the yeah. armband on. And he's, yeah. he's taken his game up to another level and I think there's there's still a little bit more that Jack Grealish can, can do as well. And that's after him just, I've said this on Twitter, two goals and three assists against Liverpool. And I'm thinking, there's still a little bit more Jack Grealish can do here because he's that good. Yeah, I agree. I thought, I thought he was only a 9.9 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's what I mean. Very, very good. I mean, that as a serious point. I, still, I don't think that's the best Jack Grealish will ever play. I think there's still more to come in the coming yeah. years. I think he should not have just turned Virgil van Dijk inside out and megged him. I think he should have done a rainbow flick as well. <laughs> I think he just did come back the other way, then, didn't he? And you know, played a one-two off Kenny Dalglish's <laughs> face. Uh. Um, a great quote from Smith on, on Grealish. I think this was after the promotion season again. He says, you can have a perception of people before you go somewhere. I never really knew Jack, but I always admired his football. I always thought I could help him as a coach, as a mentor. We have a great understanding with each other and what we expect. I had no qualms in giving him the captaincy. He's relished the responsibility of it and he was ready for it. His performances have been tremendous. Do you know, um, my favourite um, quote from Dean Smith about uh, Jack really, he was the one after Villa stayed up at West Ham on the last day of the season. I think a reporter asked him, um, have you spoken to Jack? You know, because the, the yeah. speculation about his future was kind of mounting. Um, Mason Mountain. <laughs> Mason Mountain, yeah, before, before. Yeah, I just want to say how well Terrible. Mason Mountain's done into the, in this podcast. Terrible. <laughs> I like um, yeah, so he, a bad song. <laughs> so, yeah. So D, Dean Smith was asked about Jack Grealish's future in the wake of Villa staying up on the last game of the season. Have you spoken to Jack Grealish? And uh, he said something like, Yes, you know, we're gonna you know, oh, gonna, gonna no, have no. like twenty five shots with him or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go drinking with him. The only, the only decision is he's gotta come out with me tonight or something that like was that. It, yeah. yeah. So um now nah, I think they as as much as manager manager captain can be, I think they're kind of like mates as well. I'll you know what I, mean? <laughs> yeah. I think they're like that. I think there's a there's a respect there, but I think there's also a kind of pinch ourselves are we actually doing this you know, this yeah. is Villa you know we love Villa and we're actually kind of yeah. we're running the manor so yeah, I think there's that kind really of are. mutual respect amongst them how much do you think Dean Smith can be given credit for Jack Grealish staying at the club this year I know for a fact that Dean Smith told Jack Grealish we're going to sign Ross Barkley and be second in the league uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I don't buy that that Dean Smith can't can't attract players. I don't oh, think even we've managers, about this before. I don't think managers attract players in that way anyway. I think it's a football club, I think it's yeah. a salary, I think it's a you know, what does the immediate future hold? But I think Jack Grealish trusts trusts that Dean Smith has the ambition and has mm-hmm. the desire to, to go on the same journey as Jack. Now there's a big difference between having that ambition and desire and actually delivering on it. But I think, you know, he knows that he's flourished under Dean Smith's management. He, yeah. know how, he knows how much Dean Smith rates him because he has given him the captaincy and he's in the process of building a team around him. So I think it'd be, I think it'd be a massive, massive factor. Um, I don't think it was Smith alone that would have convinced him. I think it would be a decent, a decent old pay rise. And I think it would be the owners and Christian Perslow as well, um, who are all singing from the same hymn sheet and mm. all having this, this, this shared ambition but um, a good fit at the moment aren't they and it's just 
let's just see, let's just, just push, push this partnership. And Villa are more than a partnership of Dean Smith and Jack Grealish, by the way, but yeah. let's just push this partnership to the absolute limit and let's see where it takes both of them and let's see where it takes the football club. I think that's a, a good foundation, isn't it, that you've got that such that, that great relationship between manager and captain. That they both, yeah, again, they both support the club and that's almost not relevant, really. But you look from the outside, look from the outside looking in, and if you were a player, I could see why you would find coming to play for Villa attractive now. Whereas a couple of years ago, you'd think mm, that might be a decent wage, but not really that bothered. There's nothing special going on there at Villa. Whereas it looks again, maybe that's some Aston Villa fan bias, but it feels like the start of something without getting carried away. Yeah, it feels it feels like the chemistry is good, and like I said, let's hope we're having this sim- similar conversation. You know, after. A kind of a one 0 defeat to Burnley that that mm. leaves Villa in in fourteenth or whatever, you know, because if things are working well now, that should be that should be a reason to kind of hold your nerve at times when when they're not working well, really. Do you think we're at, at risk as fans of getting carried away because we've had a good start? Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm all for it to be honest. I'm all for the gloating. But yeah, because as fans, we should get carried away. That's the point of football. Dean Smith and Jack Grealish won't be getting carried away. That's important. Let's absolutely milk every last, you know, every last gif. You know, Graham Soonis on a lawnmower. <laughs> you know, the count out of Sesame Street singing about the number seven. Uh, you know, film posters of of the film Seven that have been yeah, mocked up. Nice. Let's let's absolutely. You know, we've got an international break. We can't lose until <laughs> until the next game. Let's let's rinse every everything about it but what I say is in December or January or when when the, the winter starts to bite and you know we've got a suspension or an injury or god forbid let's just kind of hold our nerve and think well mm. okay are we sitting somewhere that is represents progress from where we we're sitting a year ago two years ago three years ago if the answer to that is yes then let's have a little bit of patience I'm going to start singing take that again let's have a little bit of patience do you know what I mean yeah yeah yes absolutely kind of Rejoice in 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 the good moments because they've been so so fleeting and so few and far between. But just bring it the back of your mind on the journey. Are we still moving forward? Um, we're blooming hard at the moment, aren't we? Yeah. We absolutely are. We're going to win the league. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. As much as we can get carried away, and that's part of football. The internally, they're not going to be getting carried away after a couple of good results because that that's not how football works. Things change. Um, and that's important that they do keep their feet on the ground I don't think there's probably a better manager out there than someone like Dean Smith to do that back to the old um, we've mentioned it before haven't we the old um, Rudyard Kipling poem have you read it yet? Oh, I don't even know don't think we've so we've spoken about this before do your homework if you can think and not make thought your aim if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools or watch the things you give your life too broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools <laughs> it, it was the it was the if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just should be doing this with AVFC extra mate, really, this, we, one, this one happened we, with James Rushton we're going to a deeper level of poetry triumph and disaster yeah. so you're either up here or you're down there surely as a Villa fan you know, you know the disaster even if you don't know triumph yeah they're two imposters because normally life is just uh, just meh. Yeah. But those are two imposters, yeah? Because yeah. they don't happen very often and you treat them both the same. So if you're Dean Smith, you're a measured manager and if you beat Liverpool 7-2, you're there. Yeah. And if you lose to Stoke in the Capital Capital One Cup, Jesus, <laughs> in the Carabao Cup, you're there. Yeah. So what I'm saying is Rudyard and Dean <laughs> have got it nailed. Cool.
and next week's uh, Matt, <laughs> Matt Kendrick's Poetry <laughs> Corner. Poetry Corner. We're going to do limericks. <laughs> oh, dear me. I was going to make a good, good point about Smith and Jack, which is totally gone, so we'll just have to move on, I guess. Talk about Dean Smith being underrated um, by, by the world, wider footballing world that Bielsa comes in. And I don't I don't mean this is an anti-Bielsa thing because he is a good manager. So Leeds come into the Premier League, first game, 4-3 Fulham. Look good on the eye. Everyone's going, oh, attractive Bielsa in the Premier League. Nice to see. We beat Fulham 3-0, obviously. They then beat Sheffield United 1-0. Same result as us. And everyone's raving about Bielsa. Now he's the best thing since sliced bread. And they get a 1-1 with Pep Guardiola's Man City. The master and the apprentice. Similar fixture with Phil. Obviously, Man City and Liverpool. The first two are the same. We beat Liverpool 7-2. And Graham Souness is moaning about grass. Whereas Bielsa is the, the second coming of, of Christ. Why is that? The difference in perception in media and the fan base is that Bielsa is this master tactician. Whereas Dean Smith is this fluky manager who's you know a bit rough and ready and stayed up by a VAR decision. Yeah, I think Bielsa Smith new to the Premier League, so he is. So gonna, Dean Smith, really? Yeah, but he's, he's new, new. Is the you know this season, so <laughs> he's going to kind of have all the hype and nonsense surrounding him. And Bielsa's back catalogue is, do you know what I mean? His track record, yeah. You know, he's got, got a more glorious back 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 catalogue than, than Dean Smith, but. You know the the post Liverpool stuff. That was always going to be Liverpool. You know, kind of. Why, why is it Liv- always aren't Liverpool there? bad? Because it it is. That's just that's just the the narrative, and I'm perfectly happy with that. Yeah, but if as a Villa fan, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I'm not. I don't get too hung up on this. But if Liverpool, if Leeds had beat Man City seven two, I think that would have been all about how good Leeds were rather than how bad Man City were, and no excuse of grass and yeah. all these kind of things. I think that's just a. A, specifically a Graham Souness thing and because it was Liverpool and they're the champions but it shouldn't be like that it should be all praise Villa and Dean Smith and it, it hasn't been like that yeah I think it's, it's just the hint of the exotic isn't it you know it's, this is why I'm glad, glad Villa held firm when they appointed Dean Smith because there were lots of kind of um, exotic exotic names yeah. around there and Not it Brendan probably Rogers. would have been well yeah it probably <laughs> would have been easy having Failed with Steve Bruce, the kind of old school mm. Englishman, to have to have gone for the kind of continental exciting option, but you know I'm not bothered about Dean Smith. Dean Smith um, falling under the radar because if Dean Smith achieves what we want Dean Smith to achieve with Aston Villa over the next five to ten years, there's no way he's going to fall under the yeah. radar because the the scrutiny is going to rain down on him because the the glare on the top six of the table. Um, you know, will, would automatically kind of encompass him as well. But you get my point, though. I do. I mean, the, the thing I'd say about Dean Smith is um, he actually. My, my wife can't stand football, um, and he actually kind of registered on my wife's radar um, after the Liverpool game because um, do you know Four Four Tunes, the YouTube yeah, yeah, channel. Yeah. Uh, they did a. The, my, my son likes that, and they did a, a video of, of Villa beating Liverpool. Nice, and they've got. A cartoon Dean Smith, you know that that dance when you kind of grab your knee. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. They've got Dean Smith doing that, and uh, trying to demonstrate. I'm not going to do it now. I'll put <laughs> me back out and end up headbutting your kitchen table. Um, but yeah, well, I don't know why I don't know where I'm going with that going that particularly. But my my wife thought it was quite amusing. Um, he will start to get praised the longer that he succeeds with Villa. I just thought it's interesting that we've got basically an identical start to Leeds in terms of Sheffield United, Fulham, and then Man City and Liverpool. And Bielsa has come in as this master tactician who's going to, ta- going to take the Premier League by storm, whereas Dean Smith is going under the radar a little bit. And for Villa, that's a good thing, and I'm not complaining about it. I just think it's interesting the way the media 
perceives two different managers. Mainstream media. Yeah. Fake news. Bloody mainstream media. As much as we keep saying we, we don't take in the, the Villa, th- Villa fan thing into account, it's a nice touch, isn't it? It's a nice bonus. I like that we can talk for an hour about dealing with the man and the manager and it's not the first the first subject isn't he's a Villa fan how good is that it, it, that's almost a, an afterthought for, for us and I think that's the way it should be because he's a good manager first and foremost and yeah. the Villa stuff is a the Villa fan stuff is a bonus when I say he's one of us and one of our own I mean beyond Aston Villa I mean he is a normal bloke and I'll take you back to when he was at Warsaw um, a long time ago and I would only go across to Warsaw very occasionally kind of when we would do stuff for the Sunday Mercury he would actually kind of make cups of tea for the press. Do you know what I mean? Mm. He'd kind of be there saying, oh, you know, how many sugars do you want or whatever. And I think part of, part of what he did with some of the kids at Warsaw was taught them life skills. Like, you need to know how to change a tyre. Yeah. You need to know how to make a cup of tea. And it's, it's these, these really important qualities that no matter how rich you get, no matter how many times your face is on Sky Sports News, um, no matter how much people want a piece of you, if you're out kind of dining in a restaurant in Birmingham, yeah. pre-lockdown, um, with your family. He's a big deal. He's a massive deal. He manages a, a football club that's yeah. riding high in the Premier League, but he never, ever forgets the kind of, the kind of nice, social niceties yeah. that, that got him there, really. Um, and that, to me... You know, until we had him as lifting the Champions League, that to me is the biggest tribute that you can you can pay to him. Really, that he yeah. stayed so unaffected by it all. And we're at risk of going down tangents after tangents here, and I do I do want to wrap up at some point. But there's the uh, this probably happens with other managers. You just don't hear about it because he's our manager, so I'm obviously involved in this world. And there might be other fans watching. Probably not after an hour, but <laughs> <laughs> surprisingly, other fans do watch our stuff, but not for this long. That will think, well, our manager does stuff like this, and it's like, well, I don't know, do I? So forget all that. But the story about him buying Ollie Watkins a fish tank when he, when he was at Brentford. Well, that's just a normal, nice thing to do, isn't it? It gets him a housewarming present. normal, is it? Well, well, well maybe not specifically are you, are a fish tank. You, are you kind of fishing for a fish tank here? Are you saying that no, that's no, what managers should do? No, not at all, but well, you could bring me some gifts. Although, yeah, I bought you some pastries. some pastries. And some batteries. <laughs> but yeah, again, that might happen at other places. But one of his one of his players has moved house and he's bought him a housewarming gift. So, like, that's a nice touch, isn't it? It's a nice thing to do. And, yeah, just thought I'd bring that yeah. up again and how did Ollie Watkins be paying both the fish died didn't they straight yeah. away yeah so what's Ollie Watkins ever done for things oh he scored a hat trick <laughs> against Liverpool yeah okay well, Ollie all good so that sums up our, our ode to Dean Smith then with added poetry in there exactly yeah, as well. exactly um, we I mean, are, how many other how many other Villa podcasts are quoting Rudyard Kipling gotta be zero two years of Dean Smith and hopefully many more to come there once was a great man called Dean. <laughs> it's been good to sit and, uh, sit and chat about the last two years. Um, there's a lot happened in two years. It the feels like a lot very eventful. Um, and here's to another... Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa. Up the villa.